gospel comfort and hope uh, in which we stand as we worship God this morning. Amen. Let's now open the Word of God. Our scripture reading... Oh, I noticed I didn't put that in the bulletin. Um, Our scripture reading is John 13, the verses 1 through 20, the same verses as uh, our text. John 13, 1 through 20. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing, to you, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you, should also, that you also should do, just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now, before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. So far, the reading of God's word. As we reflect on what we've read, let's sing together from Psalm 51, stanzas 3. Morning sermon is the same text that we read, John 13, verses 1 through 20. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, Uh, Since we've now finished our series on the first letter of John, which I hope was as encouraging and uplifting for you as it certainly was for me, I thought perhaps a good place to begin a new series would be in the words of Jesus spoken at the Lord's Supper itself. Uh, There are several chapters from John 13 all the way to John 17 where Jesus was teaching his disciples around the Lord's table. 
Uh, so it, uh, I don't think, needs to be defended why these might be fitting to reflect upon uh, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Uh, these words of Jesus have given over the centuries great comfort to Christians. You read the writings of the church fathers, and these are some of the most oft-cited verses. Uh, how often they came back to these words uh, as they struggled with persecution, as they uh, fought against heresy. Uh, these words great, gave great comfort and encouragement. And I hope then that they can be for us also to our help and our instruction and our encouragement. Well, the text then that we want to reflect on this morning is the passage we read, uh, John 13, verses 1 to 20. And this takes place at the very beginning, or as verse 1 says, right before the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Now, as we look at this passage, the first thing that we want to uh, observe is that there are clearly several layers to this passage, uh, each with a lesson of its own. Uh, So, uh, to explain what I mean, there's clearly a a lesson in this text about Christian humility. I think we can all see that one fairly easily. As Jesus washes his disciples' feet, he says, As I have done for you, so you also are to do for one another. Uh, So that's clearly one layer there. But there's also another layer, which is what Jesus says to Peter about the meaning of having washed his feet. He says, Unless I wash you... You have no part in me. There's another layer to this text. There's something about Christ washing and cleansing and redemption in this text. And there seems to be even still yet another layer, uh, which you find in the back and forth that takes place with Peter and the Lord Jesus, uh, where Peter, ever the exuberant disciple, always uh, has to go above and beyond. And so he says, not my feet only, but also my hands, Lord, and my head. Uh, And Jesus says to him, whoever has bathed has no more need to wash except for his feet. There's another layer there. What what does Jesus mean by that? So we'll work through those uh, one by one. Uh, So the text lays out the scenario. It was the night of Passover. Jesus and his disciples had gathered in an upper room to celebrate the first meal of the Passover week. Uh, This would be the Thursday night, the night before uh, the Passover lamb was sacrificed. Uh, this is also known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Those are, those are the same uh, feast, the Passover proper being the sacrifice of the lamb, the Feast of Unleavened Bread being the, the meal that was celebrated for seven days during the Passover. Uh, and so Jesus took off his outer garment, uh, he tied a towel around his waist, and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. Now, that whole idea may seem very foreign and strange to us, but we need to appreciate how utterly shocking it would have been to Jesus' disciples. Now, in that culture, it was a common thing to wash one's feet, uh, but not for equals. Uh, This was the job of the lowest of the low. Uh, This was something that only slaves uh, would generally do. Uh, in that culture, they typically wore sandals as they walked about in the streets. And, of course, these were not, uh, in general, paved roads, mostly dirt roads and full of filth from animals and whatever else. So their feet would be uh, awful, uh, terribly dirty. And, and the job of washing someone's foot was considered extremely demeaning. Uh, so uh, Jesus' dress as well, the way he takes off his outer garment and ties a towel around his waist, this too speaks of... Uh, him taking on this form of a slave, 
doing not only the work of a slave, but even dressing as a slave. Uh, This attire of one who has nothing but a towel around their waist was uh, regarded with great contempt, both by Jews and by Gentiles. Uh, This was for the lowest people only. So perhaps that helps us then to appreciate the shock uh, that Peter expresses when the Lord begins to wash his feet. And so Peter objects, saying, Lord, will you wash my feet? And you notice he calls him Lord, and you get a glimpse there. This is what Peter understands by the meaning of the word Lord. A Lord is not someone who washes your feet. A Lord is someone whose feet you are to wash. Uh, Those who are above are not expected, uh, particularly in that day, were never expected to serve those who were below in, in these lowly forms. To be in authority meant to be served by others. But the Lord Jesus, this is not the first time He had to instruct them in this, uh, where He had to tell them uh, that the Son of Man came not to, to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. Well, clearly the disciples still had not internalized that lesson. If they were not going to understand how He would wash their feet, we can only imagine how could they possibly understand what he was about to do next to die the lowliest and most shameful death on the cross for their sins. And so Jesus just says to him, Peter, what I'm doing now, you, you don't understand, but afterward you will understand. Even so, Peter protests and says, no, no, you will never wash my feet. Uh, And here Jesus speaks more strongly to him. Uh, He says, if I do not wash you, then you have no part in me. So here's our first uh, layer. Uh, Jesus is seeking to teach his disciples something uh, by washing their feet, namely that they have a need of being washed by him. And this is what's proclaimed at this table, isn't it, as well? Uh, that uh, it, it is, or at least it ought to be, the most humbling, humbling thing to come forward to this table, because when we do, we're declaring, I need someone to wash me. That's what uh, the, the wine represents, is Christ's blood washing us from our sins. And when we come forward, we're saying, I need that washing. I'm not clean in myself. And there's no room for pride at the table of the Lord. There's no room for self-righteousness. There's only room for sinners. And so what Peter did not understand, at least yet, uh, is that he was in need of being washed. It's a hard thing to accept that uh, I cannot come to God on my own righteousness. Uh, I need help. That someone who is holier than me, that is purer than me, uh, more righteous than me, uh, had to give himself up for me. Otherwise, I would not be able to be clean before God. That's the first lesson that Peter needed to take to heart. Uh, Now, Peter, ever the impulsive disciple, uh, the moment he hears this and he grasps this lesson, of course, he jumps forward to the other extreme uh, and says, well, Lord, then not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Well, here the Lord uses this uh, outburst as an opportunity to teach his disciples a second lesson. So he says in verse 10, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean though not every one of you. And we need to think, what, what did the Lord Jesus mean by that? What's the difference between being washed uh, and, and still needing to wash one's feet? 
Well, to answer that, we need to think about the picture that Jesus is using here. He's using an illustration from the physical world to teach something about uh, something that is spiritual. Uh, on, the sp- on the physical world, the picture Jesus is using, uh, we, we have to remember they had these, uh, as, as I mentioned, they had these sandals that they would use and they would walk on these dirty roads. Now, I can relate to this somewhat uh, from my time in Brazil. Uh, just to, like in ancient Israel, in Brazil, they, they typically wear sandals and typically the roads are quite uh, dirty. Uh, there too, it's, it's a lot harder to keep your floors clean than it is here in our nice sealed uh, and uh, sanitized houses. Uh, and it was one of the things that drove me nuts the first time I was uh, in Brazil, is that you, you can never keep your feet clean. Uh, you can take a shower and you can enjoy that uh, brief moment of being clean, but the moment you step out of the shower, your feet start getting dirty again. And you just learn to live with that. It's not that Brazilians are dirty people. They, they very much value cleanliness. They bathe well. They use brand name shampoos and perfumes and all that. Uh, and yet you accept the reality that your feet are just going to get dirty. And, and there's nothing you can do about that. So you learn to live with that. Well, so it was in ancient Israel. And that's why they had this uh, ritual of foot washing when you got into someone's home. Well, that's the analogy Jesus used. And if we think about that, I think perhaps the meaning starts to become clearer. What he's saying is, uh, to his disciples, you are clean. I have made you clean. Uh, In God's eyes, you are clean. He says in chapter 15 uh, as well, he says, my word has made you clean. Uh, So their faith in him, worked in them by his word, uh, is all that they need to be clean. Uh, And so with us as well. However, We still have to go out and live our lives. Uh, We don't just sit here in in church for seven days a week or in monasteries or our prayer rooms. Uh, We're called to go out and live our lives. And the moment we do so, what happens? We start to get our feet dirty. We start to sin again. Uh, We just do, and and there's not much we can do about it. We we make mistakes. We get angry. uh, We experience lust, uh, greed, uh, envy. Uh, It's just like taking a shower, and the moment you go out, you start to get dirty again. And so you need to wash your feet uh, again and again and again. And so what Jesus is teaching his disciples here is you are clean. Uh, Nothing takes away that cleanliness that you have in me. Uh, Nothing takes away uh, the purity uh, that you have in me. Uh, However, your feet do get dirty. Now, when your feet get dirty, that doesn't remove who you are, or the status you have. But it does need to be dealt with and washed again and again. It does need regular repentance, regular confession, and seeking regularly God's forgiveness. This is why when the Lord Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer, uh, one of the petitions is, forgive us our debts. Why? Because we're not forgiven? No, we are forgiven, Uh, and yet we still need that regular washing that comes with, that accompanies being clean. If you you want to be clean and you value being clean, you also regularly wash your feet. 
Well, that, that is exactly what happens here at the Lord's Supper as well, as we celebrate that week after week. We don't do that uh, because we, we feel like uh, we've lost the cleanliness that we had when we last celebrated two months ago. It's not like uh, the forgiveness offered here has a, a two-month expiration date that needs to be uh, refueled again and again. Uh, we come to the table to receive Christ's body and blood, to hear his words of forgiveness uh, and assurance because we still keep sinning. Uh, we still fail time and time again. And so we need that regular confession and regular receiving of Christ's grace. It's for the same reason we read the law every Sunday and we uh, spend the first part of our worship service confessing our sins and seeking God's forgiveness. It, it's washing our feet. So there's the second layer. And then the third layer I won't spend much time on. It's, it's quite simple, at least to understand, though perhaps it may be the hardest one to live out. Uh, Jesus says to his disciples, after having washed their feet, uh, he says, now I've given you an example that you should also go and do likewise. Uh, here in the Christian church, uh, greatness is a very different thing than it is in the world. Authority is a very different concept than it is in the world. Here we are called to follow our Lord and Master who left the majesty of heaven to be a slave for His people. Uh, to serve rather than to be served. To be lowly for our sake. And if we call Him Lord, uh, as we all do, then He says, now do as I say. Do for one another as I have done for you. If we understand grace uh, and how lowly Christ has been for us, it ought to strip us of all pride and all self-righteousness. It ought to teach us to be humble for one another's sake. As the Lord Jesus taught, whoever is greatest among you shall be as the least among you. If we love our Lord, uh, brothers and sisters, and if we, if we come to receive His body and blood for our sake and for our sins as we are about to do, then let's also leave our pride behind. Let's come prepared to be lowly with one another, to serve one another, uh, including those who, who we think are least deserving of our love and service. As the Apostle Paul teaches us as well in Philippians 2, uh, let no one think of himself more highly than he ought. Uh, count one another's as more significant than yourselves. Uh, and so prove yourselves to be true disciples of our Lord Jesus. Amen.